0: You know, there are lots of concepts and practices that we read about and know about in the Bible uh, that we can feel very disconnected from in today's age You know, living in the time period we're in, especially living in the West in this time period. You know, there are just some things that, that we read, practices and ordinances and things that, that just don't quite resonate. You know, that there's just that, that separation that we feel. And certainly it's true that not everything that we read can be directly transferred over and directly applied to to everyday life, but a lot can, a lot can. And, And one example of something from the Old Testament that is absolutely continuing for us today that should be transferred, that should be implemented into our everyday life is the concept of the offering, especially and specifically the first fruit offering. Uh, that's something that, that absolutely is meant to continue on. And it's meant to be something that we exhibit, that we apply, that we practice in our lives today. Um, the, the tithe concept you know, that we know of today, the giving, the offering, it, it really is directly connected uh, to the first fruits offering. Just like you saw in the video just now, the first fruit offering, the whole point of that, the, the, the whole principle that God was trying to get his people to grasp, that he set up, that he instituted, that he wanted them to follow, was the realization that God is to be first and foremost in their lives. That's what he wanted them to understand. That's what he wanted them to grasp. That he was worth their first, not their second or their third. That he was worthy of their best, not their leftover. It's that principle that God would, would want us to follow as well. That's what he wants us to grasp. That's what he wants us to feel as we approach him. That's the mindset he wants us to have. The same principle that was at work in the first fruit offering all throughout the Old Testament is at work today and needs to be at work in our approach to giving. That principle is this. The principle is this. When you give God your first and best, when you give God your first and best, he will always bless the rest. When you give God your first and best, he will always bless the rest. And it was true in the Old Testament. It was true for all of the people who gave their offering in that way, and it's going to always be true for us. And Why is that important? What's what's the big deal with that? Why is it so vital that we follow this order? That when we come to God, when we give an offering, that it is our first and from our best, and not just something that we might have on the side, some spare change, something after we've paid all of our bills. Why is it so important to do it this way? It's because giving, bringing an offering before God, is to be an act of worship, it's to be an act of worship. You know, we, we have the whole singing praise to God down. You know, we, we understand why we do that. We understand the importance. And most of us... Join in with that, you know, and, and some may not be the greatest singer, but, you know, you sing anyway, and, and God accepts that, you know, it says make a joyful noise, doesn't exactly say it has to be a, a perfect one, right? And so we understand that, and we sing, and we, we praise God, we understand about praising God through prayer, those of us who have, have walked with the Lord for any length of time understand the importance of that, so those things we've got down. We understand coming to church and participating in a worship service and being under the sound of the word, being taught. We, we understand those things and it it's fairly easy to put those things into practice. But when it comes to giving, that's where it gets tricky to view it as just as much a, a part of worship as any of those other things. Especially if you've been saved a long time and you've been part of a church for a long time, the, the whole giving concept and the offering plate and all of that, it becomes kind of just rote habit, doesn't it? kind of just becomes this, this empty gesture, this, this kind of just habit, you know, ritual kind of thing. And if we're not careful, we'll forget that, that our giving is to be a physical, visible expression of worship. Because when we give to God, what should be communicated is, you are worth this that I'm giving. Your worth exceeds anything else that I invest in. Your worth is higher than any possession I might have. It says, you, God, you are first and foremost in my life, and this is an expression of that. Well, the only way to express that, the only way to, to clearly communicate that is if, if what we are giving is our First. And our best. And it's really easy to get it backwards, you know? Um, Especially in our current economic situation. It's really easy to naturally just just take care of all your obligations first on the front end. You know, all the bills that you have, all the responsibilities that you have with the money, the limited money that so many of us have. It's so easy to just take care of that stuff and then say, oh, oh, I've got to set aside my tithe. I haven't done that yet. It's really easy to even forget completely about the tithe, about the offering to God. We're so focused on all the other things that aren't necessarily bad things. You know, I'm not talking about spending money in a bad or sinful way. I'm talking about just the basic necessities of life. And there's so much honest, let's face it, there's so much honest, there, there's so much demand for the limited resources we have. It's really, really, really easy. To either put the tithe last or not have it there at all in our our thinking, in our planning, in our preparation. But but our tithe, our gift and offering, just as much as it was for the Old Testament saints, is to be our first offering. It's to be the first percentage of our of our resource and our income. It's to be the first part of what we give, and it's to be our best. It's to be from our best not from our leftovers. Here's what the Bible has to say about this. There's all kinds of scripture that reinforces this, that that talks about this. Um, But there's two main, very just clear, direct passages of scripture that I want to point you to that talk about this, that reinforce this concept of giving to God your first and best and then seeing him bless the rest if you do that. The, the first verse is Proverbs 3, and it is 3 on your handout. It says chapter 6. That's a mistake. Apologies for that. It is Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10 says this. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. So there's the directive. There's the command. Put God first. Honor and elevate Him first. In what? In your resources. In your possessions. In your provisions. Honor Him. Glorify Him. Magnify Him. Worship Him in your stuff. Specifically, in your money. In your financial resources. And specifically, as we do that, as we honor Him that way, we're to to do it with the first the first produce of your entire harvest. So what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to take whatever income we have, whatever that looks like, and it's going to look like different things to different people, but whatever your income source is, you take it, you, you kind of pile it up, you look at it, and you say, okay, here's, here's my resources, here's my supply, here's what I've got coming in, and you take right off the top, before anything else, you take what you give to God out of a heart of worship, recognizing his place as first in and over your life and in and over your resources, in and over your things, in and over your money. That's the first thing you do. If that happens, if we do that, if we're faithful in that, if we obey that directive, if we obey that command, here's the promise. Then, so you do that first part, then Your barns will be completely filled, and your vats will overflow with new wine. What that's talking about is constant provision. Constant provision and continued blessing. That's what is that's what is represented here. So God is saying, if you will honor me with your first and your best, I promise you I will bless the rest. You'll see my my constant provision. You won't have to worry and wonder, where am I going to find what I need to to survive? How am I going to meet my obligations? It may not be exactly as you want it to be. It may not be in the exact timetable that you are hoping it to be, but it will come. God will be faithful to supply your provision and to continue to bless your life and resources if you are faithful in obedience to bring him the first produce of your entire harvest. That's how it works. And the way that works, the way it's set up, the tithe, You know, the, our word tithe uh, actually comes from tenth, right? So here's, here's Miss, uh, Mr. Piggy Bank here, and I guess it's Miss, Miss Piggy because one, it's pink, and two, it belongs to my daughter. So Miss Piggy. And, uh, you know, we understand the concept. I mean, here in, in America, here in West Virginia, if you've been part of church at any length of time at all, I mean, just a short time, you understand the, the concept of tithing and of giving. I mean, we, we teach our kids this from an early age, right? And, and, and think about when your kids were small, what gets them so excited? It's putting in money in the plate, right? It gets them so excited because they understand they're doing something big. And to them, you know, the quarter or, or whatever it is that you give them to put in the plate or whatever they have, I mean, it's a huge thing for them because they know they're doing what all the grown-ups do. They know they're giving to God, and that just blows their mind that they can do that. We lose something the older we get, the farther away we get. We lose the joy in giving. We forget the privilege that it is to take our, our little bit that we have and give it in in honor and in glory and in faith to God for him to take our meager little offering and multiply it and bless it and use it just like Christ did with the boy and the lunch. It's really what happens every time we give. We miss that. We lose sight of it. But we still give. You know, we know we're supposed to. We, we have to do that, right? We're told to do that. We understand the command. We understand the concept. So we're going to do it. It may not be something that excites us. It may not be something that we're thrilled about. We may even forget from, from time to time. But we're going to do it. And we understand this is how it works. You know, so, so I, have, uh, I have a dollar here, right? I have a dollar. Okay. This represents you know, my income. I'm, I'm getting in. And it's not too far off, by the way. Um, but you know, the, the income that, that comes in, and you all can identify with that, right? I mean, we, you can all say amen to that. But here, here's our income, representing our income, coming in. I get that. You know, I put it in my pocket. So what I do, if I'm doing this the right way, and, and this is just the, basicness, the the basic first level, okay, the first level of giving. This is the, the bare necessity. This is the minimum, the tenth, the tithe. What I do is from this dollar I take, you can't see it, but you know what it is. Tell me what it is. What it is. A, dime. A dime, exactly. Mathematicians down here. And so we take that, and here, here, is, our, here is our giving to the Lord. So we put it in, in uh, Miss Piggy here. And Miss Piggy's missing a plug, so hopefully it'll stay. But we, we, put the, we put our tithe in there, right? And we do that week after week, month after month. We keep putting it in. We get the dollar. We take the 10. We put it in. We put it in. So there's all this stuff, right? And, uh, and that's, that, that represents our giving to the Lord. Um, what we do, though, so often, what we, we do so often is it, we really kind of turn it upside down, and we take what we need out first, and we give God what's left over from it. But really what is meant to happen is the first thing that comes out is not into our pocket or in our hand or into our obligation. The first thing that comes out needs to be what God is given. That's, that's the first thing that happens. That's, that's how, how first fruits works. That's how proper giving takes place. It's not God's portion is all the way down here at the bottom, and we we give, and we take, we take, we take for ourselves or for whatever else we need. We take, we take, and then what's at the bottom is, is what is God's. No, instead, it needs to be the very first thing, the very top of the pile, the best. And the most important, that's what needs to be given to God. And the other thing we need, to rep- we need to remember is this whole thing belongs to God. It's not as if we give him 10% and then the 90% is just ours to do with whatever we want. Woo! No, it all belongs to God. He has graciously allowed us to manage and use the other 90% that's still his. We're still supposed to glorify and honor him with the 90 we're also still supposed to be open to His Spirit to lead us to give more than just the first 10%. We're supposed to be willing to do that, recognizing it's all His anyway. Okay that, that's, how, that's how giving should work. That's how the concept is supposed to work. It's the first and the best, knowing that God will bless the rest, knowing that it's all His anyway, we're also called to be willing to give over and, and above and beyond uh, as we're able to and as the Spirit leads. Okay, So, uh, jumping back into the text, here's, here's uh, another, another verse that I want to share with you about this concept of giving and, and, and giving to God as the first and the best and knowing that, seeing that He'll bless the rest. It's Malachi 3.10, and it says this, Bring the full tenth, into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Bring the full tenth into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. You catch this part. This is incredible. Test me in this way. Test me in this way, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. So this is amazing. See, only. Part in the whole Bible where God invites you to actually test him. Where he says, try me on this. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll I'll prove it. You know? Ask me to prove it, and I will. I mean, it's amazing. And and what God is saying here is: don't skimp out now. Don't, you know, don't, don't give less than what you should. I've set up the 10th as your as your, bare, you know, your entry point of giving. I've set that up as the, the, the bare minimum. You need to make sure you meet that, at least that. And if you do that, if you will honor me and be faithful in that, here's, here's what I'll do. I will blow you away with my blessing. I will always be faithful to bless and provide. He said, see, see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven... And pour out a blessing. That literally means empty out a blessing. You know, I'm going to tip up a container and just keep, you know, shaking it till till it's all empty. Isn't that amazing? I mean, we shouldn't give to get from God. That's not the right mindset. But how amazing is God that He would bless our obedience? You know, uh, He He doesn't have to do that. I mean, us bringing the tenth to Him. That's just that's just obeying what God has set up and what he's established. He doesn't have to go and, and bless us for obeying. That's what we're supposed to do. But he does. He promises to do that. Now, And, and, and please understand, that doesn't mean whatever you can think of by way of blessing, bing, it's going to be there. You know, beamer, 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 beamer. You know, no, it's not going to work, by the way. The, the blessing is on God's terms. The blessing is as God desires, and as He know we knows we have need of. But what is promised is as that as those uh, those you know specifics are there. It's going to be a phenomenal blessing, and it's going to always be there. Think back to your to times in your life, maybe even right now, when you literally did not know where the next whatever was going to come from, how you were going to pay that that bill that was due, how you were going to buy the groceries that were needed, how you were going to, you know, on and on we could go. Think about those times and think, think back to a time in your life in that, in that experience where you gave to God anyway, where you, you honored the tithe. You said, God, I will give my first and best to you, regardless of the trial I'm experiencing financially, regardless of the hard time I'm experiencing, regardless of me not knowing how I'm going to meet all these things, whatever little income I have, and it is little, whatever that is, I'm going to honor you in this just like I always did before when I had plenty, and I'm going to give this to you. Think back to a time where that was true in your life, and I guarantee you what we would hear from you as a result of you doing that was that God met every single one of your needs. I guarantee it. Because that's what he does. That's what he's faithful to do. If we are faithful to follow this guideline, this principle that he has established, if we are obedient in that, then he will also be faithful to provide and to bless. Every time. Every time. But... The key is that we have to decide to be faithful to that. We have to decide to be obedient. In the previous verses in Malachi 3, starting at the beginning of the chapter on, we see Israel's in a bad situation because they're not being faithful to the tithe. That's why this verse is there. God says, you're robbing me. You're robbing me. And he anticipates their, their question of, well, how are we robbing you? And he says, you're robbing me by withholding the tithe from me. You're not giving to me the way you, you should. You're not giving to me the way I have commanded you to. You're not giving to me the way you promised you would. You're not giving. You're not being faithful to the tithe to me from all of your income, from all your, your harvest. And, and therefore you are cursed. Because they were. God's blessing was not, not, was not on them. They weren't going forward as a people. And they'd say, what's going on? Why, God, why are you withholding your blessing? Why aren't we experiencing your blessing in our lives and, and in our community? And he said, because you're robbing me. You're not giving me the first and the best. And if you will do that, here's what I promise. I'll open the floodgates of heaven, and I'll pour out a blessing on you that will literally just blow your mind. Now, we need to understand with all of this being said, this is not a one size fits all kind of thing. Okay? This is not a one size fits all thing. One size does not fit all. God, in, in, this, in this establishing of the tithe, the first fruits offering, the first and the best, that does not mean God has this one specific amount up here, this level. That is universal for everyone to be at. It's not like a thermometer with a certain you know ticker mark that we all have to, to reach. And if you don't reach that specific level, that figure, then you're disobeying. That's not how it works, okay? Look at what Deuteronomy 16, 17 says. Deuteronomy 16:17 says this: all must give, right? So so that is clear. All must give. There's not an out. It's not just those who have a lot of money are the ones that are expected to give. Not just those with a lot of excess are responsible to give. No, everyone is to give. And in the context we're in today, what that means is, Christian, if you are part of a local church, and here we are in Faith Baptist Church, a local church, so if you are a member of this church, you're the all. Okay, so we need to understand that. There's, there's no outs It's not only when times are good, then yeah, you give. Only when you have plenty of extra, then you give. No, no, no. It's all must give. All must give from whatever you have. Well, if it's up here or down here, you still give from what your increase is. Okay? All must give. But here's the, here's the great part. Here's the encouraging part. All must give as they are able, according to the blessings given to them by the Lord your God. Did you catch that? Our giving to the Lord, while needing to be first and best from our increase, bare minimum is that 10%, but, but that is in direct proportion to whatever provision God has given you at the time. What that means is then, there's going to be times where it's going to be higher than others, right? Especially right now, in our current, economic situation right in our area with so many people experiencing such hardship don't misunderstand God is not being harsh here he's not saying you better give this much and if you I don't care what your situation is if you don't give up to here then I don't I'm not going to bless your life and you're in disobedience that's not what he's saying God is saying I know what I've given you (laughs) I know what your income level is I know where you're at in your finances. Trust me, I know better than you and your wife and better than your accountant. I I know exactly everything you've got because it's all from me. And, And so he'll look at us on an individual basis. And he'll look at our finances individually and personally. And all he is saying is, whatever level your income is, whether it's small or great... That's how I want you to give, based on that, in direct proportion. So maybe this month God just really blessed you, and you're just you're, you're you've got all kinds of money coming in. If so, let's talk after church. Huh? But you know, if that's the case, then then your your tithe is going to be higher, right? It's going to be up there because it's it's in direct proportion with what you've got coming in. Then next month. Not so much, especially if you're working you know, in construction or something like that. That's how it goes. It's feast or famine. You know, what, what's the phrase? Something like one, one weekend you're, you're eating steak, the next you're eating bologna, you know, something like that. That's how it works sometimes. Well, you match, you're giving to the Lord based on that. Um, but, but the key is the faithfulness, the key is the obedience, and the key is that percentage. See, so many times... So many times we treat our tithe like a tip, you know, <laughs> like if we if we come and we remember to bring enough extra for the for the tip for the meal, we'll, we'll give. If not, oh, uh, we'll, we'll double up the next time we're here. Or if the service is good, then I'll tip. And you'd be surprised at how many people treat the tithe at their local church that way. Well, if the message was good, if the songs were good, if the music was great then, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll tithe, tip. But if not, they need to learn something. And they're going to learn by me not giving my money. No, no lie, the church we were at in Texas, someone actually wrote a letter to me and the other pastor explaining why we were not receiving their tithe, and it was because they agreed with nothing we were doing. Therefore, they were withholding our tithe so that we'd get the point. No lie. It was incredible. I, I think we put it up like on our bulletin board in our office or something. I mean it, it was amazing. It, it was sad. It was sad okay i mean i 'm laughing about it now, but it, it was sad and, and, and unfortunately that 's how so many people think that 's not the, the proper way of thinking okay it 's no matter what your level is, you give based on what you have received and A great example of this is the widow um, that that is found in Mark chapter twelve verses 41 through 44 that Jesus observed, and we won't go there, but Jesus is sitting there across from the treasury at the temple and he's watching the people that are giving and there's all these wealthy people and they're giving and they're giving these large amounts, right? And everybody's going, ooh, ah, did you see that? Wow, did you see that? That huge satchel of money they put in and it made this nice big sound, you know, gong as they put in the money and everybody's just marveling, wow. But Jesus is focused on this, this, this little eye picture or being little, this little, Older lady, you know, this widow, that's, again, my mind's eye. And she, she comes in and she just she drops this little meager amount and it barely makes a sound. And people don't even notice, you know, or maybe people snickered like, did you see that? <laughs> and Jesus calls over his disciples and he says, I want you to look at that woman. And they look. And then he says, no, look at these other people with their big fancy clothes. They, they look around. He said, all these people they gave, but they gave out of their excess This woman gave out of everything she had because she is in poverty and yet she gave her first and her best. That's the idea that we're supposed to pursue church. That's what we're supposed to exhibit. Okay. Sometimes it gets confusing. How do we do the tithe and how do we figure it out and how do we figure it in and how does all that work? Well, there's this really, you know, there's an app for that. (laughs) There's an app for that. Um, You know the tip calculator on your smartphone? to figure out your tips at your restaurants, you know, for, for mathematically challenged. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. There's a tithe calculator. No, no joke. There's a tithe calculator. And on our website, we have actually put a, uh, a URL, right, URL for the, uh, the tithe calculator. It's under our giving tab. If you go to where our giving is, see the circle there? Incidentally, that also is where you can set up your online giving here at Faith. You don't have to always you know, remember to bring something with you on Sunday. You can set it up, uh, online giving, and you can even go ahead and plan out how that's going to come out of, of your account. Uh, but, but next to that, on the other co- column, is the Tithe Tracker app. If you click on that, it'll take you... This is, by the way, only for Apple users, okay? Uh, the rest of you people need to repent and get right with the Lord and come over to Apple. Um, <laughs> But this is only for Apple users. It takes you to the App Store where you can download the app. It's free. And it's a calculator. You figure, you put in what your uh, either bi-weekly or monthly income is, however you want to figure that. And then you figure in your percentage, 10, 15, 20. And it tells you exactly what the amount of your tip should be. It's great. It's great. And it records your giving, too. It, it records it all for you. So that's just a handy little tool, all right? But all that being said, um, I want to... I want to address the the question that is a fair question that maybe you don't have, but some people certainly will have, and that's why, why give to God? Why do we give to God? You know, because he doesn't need our money. I mean, that's not it. He has all the money in the world and beyond. He doesn't need that, so why do we give to God? Well, first of all, it's because he said to. He said to. You know, think back to when... Your kids were small, or maybe you're teenagers still. You tell them to do something, or you tell them they're not going to do something, and they say, why? And what's the classic answer? Because I told you to, right? Why do I have to do that? Because I said so. Why can't I do that? Because I said no, right? Well, the first reason, and it's a good reason, he said to. Why do we give to God? He, he commanded us to. Bring the tithes into the storehouse. Give me your offering, the first and the best. He said to. He's God. He's able to do that. Second reason is it honors him as Lord over us and our possessions, which he is. And we need to not ever forget that fact, church. He is the Lord over our harvest. And he always will be. He's the Lord over everything we are, everything we have, everything that we would do. And it honors him in that way. Thirdly, it keeps us trusting him instead of our checkbook. That's especially important in hard times financially. Because again, we have this tendency, this natural tendency to say, I I just can't give this month. I can't give this week. The money's just not there. And when we do that, it ceases to be an offering of faith. And it it becomes something that we we are just not willing to trust God on. So by giving, especially in the harder times, it's saying, I trust you, God, instead of my checkbook, I believe your word, where you said, if you will give to me the first and the best, that you will always bless the rest. I believe that, and I'm exercising that belief by giving, even though it's painful, even though it hurts. And then lastly, and perhaps this is maybe the best reason for our giving, He gave his first and best to us. He gave his first and best to us. So we give to him out of gratitude. Our giving is in direct response to the uncalculable, unfathomable offering that he gave to us in giving his son Jesus Christ. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, which is what we were fairly supposed to do, rightly, what we deserved. They will not perish, but they will have eternal life, all through the giving of his first and best to us. That's what we're called to do, church. That's what's our responsibility. We give our first and our best to him, just on virtue of who he is and what he's done for us, knowing though that as we do that, he will be faithful to bless the rest. Father, thank you for your word. May we truly take ownership in, in the worship of giving. May we own our giving, Father. May we do what we are supposed to with it. May we treat it the right way. May we honor you fully by our giving. Give us wisdom, give us a desire to give, give us a, a willing spirit in that, I pray. And please, take what is given, use it, bless it, multiply it here in this local church as a part of your kingdom. Honor those who give faithfully and sacrificially, bless them as you promised in your word, I pray. I ask all of this in Jesus' name, amen.